Hello everybody, welcome to the Fastscape Rewatch Podcast, and this is episode 16. And as usual, I am Carmel Hats, and joining me is Red Nightmare. Hey! What's that sound? I don't know. I had no idea how to open. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, need to up cl- I need to come up with clever retorts to that. Amongst our weapon... I'll, I'll come in again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, we're back, and this is... Uh, the episode called A Human Reaction. Uh, if you remember from last week, we did give you a brief synopsis, which was, you know, go back to Earth through a wormhole and some it's things like, happen. It's like, oh! Okay. Interesting. One thing before we go on. Uh, we're just going to ignore the fact that we already know how this ends, right? Just, I mean, yeah. I'm, there's going to be a few parts where I'm going to be straight-faced about things not making <laughs> sense, even though I already know how they're going to make sense. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I already knew this the first time I watched. It's one of the few episodes I remember. Yeah, this is this is one of the things with doing a rewatch podcast of stuff that you do kind of remember. Like, will will crop up now and then. So you're like, oh wait, I remember. I remember how yeah. this goes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we we will try and sort of review it as it was presented. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fine. I did that in my notes. Yeah, that's fine. Just just a heads up. <laughs> but yeah, why don't we uh, kick it off? And so we start out. With uh, Zan and Chiana are arguing about something. Chiana apparently stole something from uh, Zan's quarters. Already? She, she said she didn't. Yes, it did. Da, 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 that sort of bickering. Um, meanwhile, Crichton is uh, well. He's broken out the tape recorder again. Yeah, we have He's recording for his dad. We haven't seen this for a few episodes, or for mm-hmm. a little while actually. But yeah, this uh, yeah, recording notes on. Uh, what he's been doing. He says he's actually kind of... It's kind of getting to him a bit. Yeah, especially because, as he points out, I just found my first gray hair. And <laughs> normally he wouldn't mind that, but he's he's scared of growing old there. Like, I, I think it, it's mostly that he's... It's becoming clear that he has a limited time of getting home before he dies. Yeah, like, it's entirely possible he may have to live out the rest of his life out here, and he'll yeah. never see home again. And he also, he doesn't know, you know, he misses, like, the sun, he misses, like, a regular day, night, you know, just mm-hmm. normal Earth things um, that you don't have out in the middle of space. And so it's, you know, it's getting to him. But what do you know? <laughs> Suddenly, Pilot gets on the com and it's like, guess, guess what? Wormhole out of nowhere. Yeah, get your ass down here. <laughs> we just found wormhole. And Chiana and Rice just like, well, what the big fucking deal <laughs> why do we care <laughs> it's like that's could by me my way home and actually pilot shows him an image of basically a camera looking through the bends of the wormhole yeah and... looks like earth on the other side bum, bum, bum. and i love how this is underscored with the uh choir from the opening theme but yeah that's the choir it's very mm. haunting very beautiful yeah it's really good actually i do like that uh, Rigel is unimpressed, as you say, and Chiana. I mean, she doesn't really know what's going on. Oh. <laughs> She's like, "How she come? We, how come we get? He gets to stop the ship. Is he the captain? What? What the hell's going? On? What if I want to stop the ship? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's just hang on a minute. <laughs> Shut up, Chiana. The grown-ups are talking. Like, I'm, uh, I'm new here. <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to be in this episode. I was supposed to be dead neck last time. It's true, actually. Which is probably why she's actually only in this first scene. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it until later, but yeah. This is the last scene Gianna is in. She doesn't even make it before it, it, beyond the, the intro the, uh, theme. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, like it's like it's Earth, and then of course that's where you put the titles. And yeah, yeah there we go. Gianna's never seen in this episode again, which makes sense. Like, yeah, like, it, no, I, it totally I, does. They predicted it last time. She's probably not going to be as prominent in the next few episodes because they already had written and recorded those mostly. They didn't even know she was going to be there. Probably. Yeah, they may have had to re-record this first scene, I guess. But yeah, we don't know. I mean, that's that's speculation, but it seems pretty likely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, John is like, well, this is my chance. i got to go. So he's prepping for launch and kind of saying goodbye to everybody. Yeah, it's a really heartfelt moment. It actually really is. And actually, he first goes to Aaron. He actually wants to take her with him. Mm-hmm. Because he knows she can't go back to the Peacekeepers. And she looks as human as any alien he'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Like, come along, you'll fit in. And she's scared, I think. Yeah, well, she, she doesn't think she'll fit in. And at this point, like they have, they've been in some kind of relationship, but clearly not actively because not, yeah. at, since the whole shuttle incident, we haven't seen anything and the, any any indication of that happening. And this is, I think, the first episode that again hints back at that ever being a thing. And it's kind of a big commitment, you know, like leave everyone else behind and come live with me on Earth amongst the people who may or may not accept you. So, it, you know, I can see that what, is true. Yeah, I mean. Living on Moya isn't great, but it's at least something she knows she's accepted into. Yeah. And so he goes back to his module, and Zan is there reading off a list of basically ways this could go wrong. And John's like, yeah, you've told me all of this, and I'm, I've still got to do it. Yeah, because this could be my only chance. It's like, but it's unstable. It could kill him. It's like, that's that's a risk I'm going to have to take. Mm-hmm. And... Dargo turns up as well, and oh, this is actually, it's really he calls sad. Him, he calls John. He's yeah. always calling Crichton, and this is the first time, as he shakes his hand for the last time, That's, he calls John. Okay, I want to point this out. This is a really nice callback. I love this callback that he's, like, saying to John, like, you know, I'll miss you and all that stuff, and he actually puts his hand out for a handshake. Right! Because... John Remember? taught them that during oh what was that episode called the one where where they were fighting where they decided that they were never going to be friends but at least respect till the blood runs clear exactly this is how humans show that they were holding no weapons that's right that, I hadn't even noticed that nice that's that's yeah exactly that's something he learned from John and I saw that and I was like oh he remembers the thing ah oh. that's I love that touch so much it's really nice yeah it it felt some way it felt. Slightly alien to Dargo how he did it, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Why? And now you're right. Yeah. And John says to him, I hope you get the chance to go home and to see your son. And, ah, oh, oh, man. Mm-hmm. No. And he says goodbye to Zan, and she's crying. You know, she's actually weeping. Yeah, because I also like how she says, there's a part of you, uh, a part of me in you, take care of it. Because in Rhapsody uh, in Blue... Unity, that mind melding. Yeah. There's probably there is parts of each other. Uh, they have parts of their each other's mind in them. In Continuity. Them, so. it's, yeah. it's so good. It's minor touches, people. You don't have to do it big. Yeah, and it it what it's really good. And um, Rigel is there as well. And Crichton is like, I you know I'm gonna leave all my stuff to someone. And he's like, Oh, to Aaron. <laughs> 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 kind of has a joke with Rigel and. He's like, what? Oh, you. Oh. Yeah, and Aaron's in the back, uh, and she's like, you can, you can clearly see that she's on the brink of tears, I think. Well, yeah, because remember, they're, you know. They're close. They're very close, and they have to say goodbye, and basically he's had, like, a bit of a, 
you know, a speech, not a speech, but like a heartfelt thing with everyone else. And to, to Aaron, he's just, it's kind of, it would probably be a bit too much. So he just says goodbye. And yeah. Pops in his pod and he heads out to the wormhole and it's kind of hovering over it. Pilots reading off some, you know, stability readings, you know, 51%, 37%. You've got to go now or you will never get the chance again. And he's kind of hovering there waiting and then he dives through. Yep. Because uh, actually Dargo persuades him to go in. Yeah, because if you don't do it, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. So he goes in and we don't really see him coming out on the other end of the wormhole, but he ju- we do see him crash landing on the beach of Australia. Convenient, eh? <laughs> Awfully convenient that he lands in Australia where the show was filmed. <laughs> 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 okay, was it my imagination, but he he's happy. He's like, hello, Sky! Yeah. And then he gets up and he asks him, like, this is probably incredibly crazy, but is this Australia? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's in Australia with an Australian accent. Maybe. He, might, he may well have done. It's Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, uh, another quick note of uh, little touches. When he's going through the wormhole, or about to go through, he actually has... His dad's uh, lucky right. ring. I forgot about that. That he gave him, and he sort of, I think, kisses it for luck and wraps it around the control stick. Yeah, we saw that uh, that trinket he got from his dad in the first episode. Yeah, we haven't actually. I don't think we've seen it since. No, then. This, as far as I know, this is the second time we've seen it. I listen. It, it's good when people writing the episode clearly know what's happened before, right? Yeah, Jeremiah Crichton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're never going to let that go. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, he lands, he says, is this Australia? And the woman kind of just walks off. <laughs> uh... um, who are you? Like, what's odd is that um, the rest of the beach doesn't seem to have noticed that a spacecraft crash landed. <laughs> Everyone else is just like still doing like... I mean, that happens things. in Australia all the time, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So most people get there. <laughs> But then the, uh, well, then some people with guns show up. Yeah. And John's first like, oh, finally, you found me. And then he gets shot. In the leg. With a tranquilizer dart. Yeah. He's like, what's happening? I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, he's been knocked out. And he wakes up inside a military base. Yeah. And And... Actually, we join him as he's pr- apparently been questioned a while already. Yeah, he's in like a little cell that has glass walls, and it's actually kind of slanted windows. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It does. It actually looks vaguely like sci-fi, you know, Con- Earth sci-fi kind of t- contemporary kind of thing. Yeah, containment cell. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's being questioned by a man called Wilson, who he knows. Because apparently, actually, part of the reason he knows Australia and seems to know people there, is because that's where they went to test the engines for Fastgate 1. Yeah, they did it in the desert. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's... I don't know quite why they had to go to Australia for that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably the easiest, uh, easiest location with a lot of high-tech devices and a giant desert. I mean... America has a lot of I desert. was going to say, like, North right. America has a lot of desert. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> Mostly in the sort of middle... I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the same answer to the question Wilson asks. Like, uh, why did you land in Australia? Because it's an Australian series, twit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's 
really why, but yeah. eh, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I could. I just that that was the answer that rang through my head when he asked why he landed in Australia. <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't bring attention to it, damn it. Oh. <laughs> hush, hush, hush! Stop it, stop. So yeah, they've been examining John, and they don't trust him for some reason, and I think. It's because, well, it, it seems to be because they found the translator microbes that are embedded in his brain. Yeah, and they're actually testing him by getting all kinds of different, different people with different languages talking to him, and he can just understand everybody. Although he doesn't actually give them anything. Like, he's like, what did he say? He's like, he, the, they bring in yeah. a guy to talk to him. He's like, well, what did he just say? He's like, he said that he's not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to talk to you until he gets some more answers. Yeah. Won't play any more games, that's what he says. Yeah, yeah that's what he says. I also like that he ha apparently he has been describing uh, the crew of Moya, and there's drawings, and there's one of Rigel, and some minor detail, but he's actually a frog in that one, because his <laughs> legs are... I mean, his face is Rigel's, but everything else is the form of a frog. <laughs> I'm not sure like spindly little legs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Wilson has left because he's clearly not getting anywhere with John. And uh, there's a guard there, Cobb, who Crichton also seems to re recognize. Yeah, apparently uh, he worked with them as well. He says, when am I getting out? Cobb says he doesn't know. So he says, can I, can I at least read a newspaper? Can I find out what's been happening? And it's, we're apparently, we're told now the length of time he's been gone, which is seven months. Yeah. Which we weren't really aware of before because no. it's difficult to gauge how much time has passed because clearly things are happening in between episodes that we yeah. don't. Or, I mean, the only uh, thing the only thing we know for certain is that he spent three months on uh, the planet uh, in Jeremiah Crichton. That's true, actually. It's yeah. the only du concrete duration we have. Right. So really, I guess he's only spent four months with the crew of Moya. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. But he's not getting the paper. Obviously, he's not being given anything. No. So okay, Cobb, who won the Super Bowl? <laughs> Cobb I don't won. know. I was. I. I kind of. John. I also heard him saying, "I don't care." I yeah, mean, he didn't say it out loud, but well, this is the, I think John's a bit off base here because he he's like, oh come on, you must like, okay, you're Australian, you don't follow, but you must have heard who won the Super Bowl. It's like, no, do you know who won the last Super Bowl hats? God, no, I don't even know any of the teams. Yeah, come on, I, I John. Know, I know. Are, are the Kings hockey players or I don't I don't bloody know. <laughs> I think they're hockey players because James and Will are always they, talking about Yeah, it's probably hockey players. They could be both. I, I don't know. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit off base, but he's like, okay, nobody wants to tell me what's been going on. They want to isolate me. Uh, but then, bum bum bum, making a return appearance, it's Crichton's dad! Yeah! And uh, he's like, I want to see my son. This is BS. Yeah. Let me show. Let me see him. And of course, it is Kent McCord making his return appearance. Oh, he's he's good in this episode. Oh yeah, really? he, he's always he always does a, a great job. Good actor. And so um, he's able to convince them to let them actually put him in the same cell as John, so he can yeah. talk to him. Because why they're doing this to John is that they're not entirely certain if he's actually John. Right. Yeah, they're suspicious that he might be some kind of alien doppelganger or something. Yeah. Especially because more, uh, the Farscape module has also been adapted with Moya's technology. Yeah, right. And they're like, what the hell is all this? This is really weird. We don't know who you are. And so John's dad comes in and uh, starts quizzing him about his 10th birthday. What yeah, again, then? Hats, can you remember your 10th birthday? Neither can no. I. No. 
if my if my dad came up to me, what did we do for your tenth birthday? I'd be like, one, you don't remember that either, so don't lie to me. Two, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, that's to to be fair. John's first response is, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but I I do like, and this is, I mean, this does say something about John's childhood life, is because his dad calls out a location, specifically a military base. Right. Uh... Meaning that. John apparently travel. Uh, his dad was apparently rotating a lot, being moved between different military bases. So that was a way of John knowing where they were at the time. Yeah, what birthday that was. I think he says Annapolis, and yeah. and yeah, that's not that's not an uncommon thing when it comes to like military families, people no, being it, moved around. Yeah, but it does it does tell us something about John's history with his dad, which I like. Yeah, and we also find out that um, John's dad wasn't there because he'd been kept over on testing and so on but he actually he took a, a plane and flew back by himself i don't believe that i i think that was something he told his son well maybe uh, anyway so right and he woke him up at four in the morning to go fishing and there's also like a further keeps testing him he's like you caught a really big bass and he's like no it was a trout dad it's like you're right it was a trout yeah that's like, that's the old the old tell him something and may and make sure that they correct you because you're t giving them the wrong information. It's, it's standard Yeah, testing. it's like, hey, do you remember Joe on 2nd Street who, you know, actually never existed? So if they say yes, it's like, ah, gotcha. Ah, but you're not who you say you are. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but he's convinced that John is who he says he is. Yeah. Which is good. Good. Yeah, All right, okay. okay. Sorted out then. That's uh, Everything's fine. Yeah. And John's asking, like, as they hug, what the hell's going on? I know standard procedure. This is way out out of line. Yeah, and then we turns out that wormhole's been open. He he uh, he ended up going out on for seven months already. Yeah, like it stayed open once he left, and they've been trying to figure out what the hell's up with it and and how. Like his dad point puts it like, you open a door, we have no idea how to close. So yeah, things have been a bit weird apparently. Like. There's oh. a lot been going on. Um, John asks his dad to get him out of there because, you know, he's been cooped up and, you know, what do I have to do to convince you people, basically? Yeah. And he says, all right, I'll get you out of here. And we see them walking along the beach. They're sort of sat down on a railing talking to each other. And John says, this isn't, doesn't seem right. Like, Wilson wouldn't no. just let me leave. And he didn't. No. There's a van and there's two women and watching him with, like, ear it's like you're kind of being spied on yeah and what i really like on this because his father also shows him that his military wings his uh air force wings have also been bugged yeah and he drops that into the water which is a beautiful symbol because those are your goddamn wings it's like boop it's, yeah that's for for an air forceman that's very symbolic to just sacrifice those for your son yeah i mean the impression we've had of uh, John's dad is that he will do anything for his son. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so he's talking to him and says that Wilson wants to find out, you know, if it's really you, everything about the wormhole, what's on the other side, you know, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. I mean, John's like, I'll tell him everything he wants to know. I mean, I'm not withholding anything from him. Yeah. And they... his dad's like, yeah, I know that, but he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And so they head back and John is now based, has now been allowed out. He's... Uh, actually allowed to be part of the team working on his module and studying everything that's been happening. Yeah, and he's correcting them on they're trying to take something apart. It's like, no, 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 that's a propulsion element. 
treat it like that. Don't treat it like it's some sort of fin on the end. He says, like, not there, then, you know, not there, there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then the, he actually says to the guy who's working on it, it's like, hey, I know you, right? And it's like, yeah, we did, you know, the engine test. It's like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a, fa- it's a whole family reunion. It's like, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the band back together, man. Yeah. But then, whoa-oh, there's an alert. Base goes on alert. And a, and it turns out that the we actually see an aerial shot, well, we see a shot of, CG shot of, the transport pod from Moya coming down through the clouds. Yeah. So, like, what? What? Wait, what? Yeah, so... Is it Erin changing her mind? That's, yeah, that's what I thought at first. It's like, hey, maybe she's come to hang out. But no, well, she has come, but along with Rigel and Dargo. And John has to convince Wilson to not shoot it down with a bunch of F-16s. <laughs> like, I love this one. It's like, what was it? Who are they? I don't. I can't see anything. Who are they? Who's on first? What's on second? What do you mean? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you. I, unhinged John is always a lot of fun. He's yeah. just like, I'm just gonna. Uh, that, was, that was a nice reference. To chew that. up some scenery. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, okay. Don't fire on. They don't have any weapons. It's just a transport pod. It's just a thing. And you know, smash cut to. Aaron, Rigel, and Dargo, and John in the containment cell. Yeah, and here in my notes, I had said, like, yeah, who's missing? Zan and Shiana. Shiana makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, yeah, Shiana being missing makes a lot of sense. I was a little surprised that Zan wasn't there. I mean, somebody has to stay back at the ship. And That's true. I and guess the Virginia Hay had some free days saved up. Maybe. <laughs> also, if someone has to stay back on the ship, leaving Chiana alone seems like a bad idea. <laughs> Fair point. There you go. Fair point. And of all the people, Zan's probably the best person to contain her. Yeah. And the three of them, Dargo, Aaron, and Rigel, they're basically explaining what's been happening, why they're there. And Earth disappeared when they went through the wormhole. And so they were worried about him and they went after him, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was Aaron's idea. But actually, all she wanted to do was, you know, go in for a closer look, but they got pulled in by the wormhole. Yeah. And all this time, they're talking to John. This is the first time, notably, that we see this kind of scene from the outside, from the perspective mm-hmm. of people who don't have translator microbes. Yes. And we hear what they all sound like. And, like, they actually have subtitles. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. <laughs> which, which was a bit jarring at first. Like, wait, subtitles? Oh, right. We can't understand. Right. Yeah, and uh, Rigel sounds like sort of alienish, you know, like a, a not particularly like interesting alien, like blah 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 blah. blah. But um, <laughs> his other Aaron, Aaron's like mm-hmm. Sebastian slash peacekeeper language sounds to me for all the world like um, it's reversed speech. No, because that's what I thought as well. So I tested that. I ran it through, uh, I recorded some uh, through uh, Audacity, and you can flip Ooh. audio in Audacity. It sounds, still sounds like gibberish backwards. Oh. So, because I, I heard that as well, because the points where the breathing is indicated that it was played backwards, but that's not the case. Hmm. I'm just going to quickly look something up here. Oh! Claudia Black came up with her own Sebastian language for the scene where Aaron speaks to Jack with her voice and her voice isn't artificially modified. The clicking sound you hear in the back of her throat is her version of a backwards T. So it is reversed, but she's doing it herself. Holy shit! <laughs> like, it sounded like I could... That's, that's why it sounded like it was reversed, because 
Claudia Black can actually just do that, apparently. What? Apparently. I mean, it, uh, let's be honest. It doesn't sound like anything when you Reverse. turn it around. But, it's yeah, the, that's pretty impressive. There's the clicking sound at the back of her throat. Is, it says her version of a backwards T sound. So... Huh. That's why I initially thought it might have been entirely reversed, but apparently it wasn't. It was actually yeah, Claudia Black came up with that by herself. Because I was actually surprised because her lips were synced to it. That's what jarred me the most. When she was talking, her lips were completely in sync. And I, that's why I thought there's something else going on here. But apparently there was. Yeah, it's actually Claudia Black can apparently speak back. Like, from Claudia what I, Black personally offended Sebastian. Can we just put that on a resume? Sure, yeah. From a quick look around the web, like, this is this story has been confirmed from a couple of other sources that I've found, but also that speaking backwards like that is actually a trick you can learn how to do, and apparently it's something that Claudia Black knows how to do, so there you go. That's sweet. Yeah, so... Still sound like gibberish the other way around, though. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If it was just another language backwards, that would kind of be a little bit cheating, really. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's even cooler. Yeah, that's really cool. So, that's awesome. We don't actually hear much of what Dargo sounds like. No. He's just mo mainly growling at people. I was going to say, he just sounds angry. Yeah, that's what, what he always sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he'd be the only one able to communicate with humans. You're like, rawr, smash. You're like, okay, I get it. I understand. <laughs> I speak I speak sword and we, gun. We, you, you speak the universal language of rage. <laughs> and so, of course, Wilson can't understand any of them. And like we said, and he's like, what are they talking about? What are they saying? And John's like, they're, they're scared because they've been locked up, basically. And Rigel is actually not feeling too good. He's feeling very sick because they put, uh, I think it was a tranquilizer in them when they got out. Yeah, because they were brought in on stretchers, which Dargo wouldn't let himself be strapped to a stretcher. And so John's like, right, I'll take care of you. I'll, so I'll make sure everything is okay. Yeah, I'll get a doctor in here. They'll have a look at you. Yeah, and so he pops back out to have a chat to his dad. And he's getting more and more frustrated with how they're treating him and his friends and then he notices all the magazines that are around are seven months old yeah they're basically just trying to keep him in the dark yeah isolating him and i think his dad asks him like do you trust them do you trust the three of them he says more than i trust wilson yeah they're my friends yeah he says outright at some point i was like yeah that's damn right john like <laughs> yeah know? they better be after all that yeah i mean we know that they are like from even from just the beginning of the episode, like he's very close to them. Maybe mm -hmm. not as close to Rigel as he is to the other two, but no. But still, Rigel has proven his worth, and how no matter how much of a pain in the ass he is, there's. I mean, you like, ha we all have a friend that we're like. There's some parts we put up with. Last week he tried to blow them up. That is a good point. <laughs> that is a very good point. He set a bomb. <clears throat> Never mind. <clears throat> Moving on. Let's ignore that. <laughs> but then John gets called to the medical bay with the time-honored tradition of, I'm not going to tell you what's happening right now, but <laughs> you need to see this. <laughs> uh, and what it is... Also is... known as, I am trying to heighten tension. Yeah, exactly. And, oh God, this is horrifying because... This is not how I wanted to see this end. 
Rigel is on the table, cut open, and is being dissected. He's dead. He's dead, yeah. Yeah. And, holy crap. That's... That's heavy. That's not how... That's not how one of my favorite puppets to end. No, and John freaks out and really goes... Yeah, and really goes off on Wilson. Like, before we go on, can we please... Raise a glass in honor of Rigel. To Rigel. Rigel the 16. Mm. He may have been a pain in the ass, but... He was our pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was <laughs> our pain in the ass. <laughs> you can't see this, but we're both saluting right now. Yes. <laughs> he will be missed. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, John goes back... I vote for his dad to replace him on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so John is trying to comfort Aaron and Dargo, but you know he's he's not happy with what's been going on. He had a he really went off on Wilson. Yeah. Uh, for this, piss. Like, what well, the yeah. hell are you doing? Exactly. We, we sent out probes. We painted the goddamn message on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. We left greetings cards on the moon. We put like a yeah, all that stuff. We sent Voyager out, and this is how you treat the first. Three actual aliens you see? Like, uh, I am done with your shit. And so the official word is that Rigel died from an allergic reaction to the tranquilizer, yeah. but he doesn't buy that. Like, John's calling BS on that. They killed him and they cut him open to study him. Dargo says, like an animal. Yeah. And Aaron, I mean, points out not even peacekeepers kill to study some someone. Yeah. That's... Which my response was, nay, they just kill someone, and then, oh, well, if we've got this corpse here anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, they never do it with the intention. They just kill. Hmm. Well, I think they specifically say wouldn't kill a prisoner to study them. They might, you know, just go shoot people randomly and then, and then study them. I don't believe peacekeepers no, I... would kill the prisoners. Well, not, to, st- well, not to study them. <laughs> I'm not buying that. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh... They're not happy with John as well because he's kind of working with these people, even though that they're horrible. He's trying to appease both sides, which it's not working. Aaron and Dargo are like, "Yeah, no, we're they're, done. They're they're really done. They're like, just go, just we're get getting it. out the first chance we get." Yeah. Uh, and so we go back with John's dad, and he says, "You know, you were naive to think you could protect them, and he's gonna make." I will make Wilson understand, says John. Yeah, and he also asks his dad, call in every contact you have, every general, every... Um, Senator. Every yeah. every Pentagon mistress. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, does your mom know about this? Just call in every favor you possibly can. Yeah. And um, Jack's like, are you willing to die for these? The way What he actually says is like, are you willing to die for those creatures, which is... Well, insensitive. Uh, <laughs> and John says, "I gave them my word." Gave him my word, yeah. And so, yeah, like th- this is—he's getting across to everyone, like, "No, these are my friends. These are the people who kept me alive and yeah. all that for seven You're months." Killing them. Yeah. Well, one. How do you think I'm gonna feel? You know, we've got to get them out of here because they're clearly not safe here. No. And so he heads off to the uh, medical room, and Where he expects them to be by now. Yeah. And he finds a man is on the ground, <laughs> knocked out. Oh. 
And, uh, well... Okay, placing bets now. Uh, Dargo. Nope. Aaron. Ah, damn it. Aaron appears and asks if... Uh, wait, I saw this episode. I should have known this. Yeah, wait. What's going on here? <laughs> it was rigged. <laughs> and uh, Aaron appears and is asked if she killed uh, killed the man. He's like, no, no, he's still alive. Okay. I'm on your side, Aaron. John is saying to her. He's like, I'm on your side. You have to trust me. And turns out Dargo's been taken as well now. He's yeah. been taken away to somewhere else, a different uh, facility. But but Aaron was ready when they came for her. Yeah, and they they find out through cops where Dargo went because they ambush uh, ambush the guy. Yeah, they ambush him, and now John is really losing it. Like he's he's he, I mean angry. He pu- Aaron punches uh, Cobbs in the face with the butt of the, ri- butt of the rifle, and John takes his pistol and he's just pointing at him cocking it and like you can see really the the yeah i mean madness not really yet the rage the the rage rage in his eyes yeah and he doesn't kill cops it's like cops are like you're not gonna kill me right and it's like no bam he knocks him out because he's not gonna go down that route he's yeah he's mad but he's still a good person and he's not just gonna shoot this guy for no just because he's mad yeah. He does punch him, that one's for Rigel. Yeah, he's like, wham. <laughs> so John and Aaron make their escape from the base, and uh, they're running through the rain trying to find a place that uh, was where John and his dad used to come. Mm-hmm. And I like, Aaron's like, so, we're sung out, this is what you call rain? Hmm, I like it. <laughs> yes, he's licking the, sort of, yeah, licking the raindrops. Fun fact! More behind the scenes. The weather was not supposed to be... It wasn't supposed to be raining. It was actually supposed to be ah. sunny when they filmed it. And Claudia Black improvised that line about it. Nice! And so director Rowan Woods just went with it. It's like, sure, let's go with that. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Because, of course, she's lived in a spaceship all her life. She yeah. has never seen rain. Yeah, exactly. It might actually be something that not all planets have. Hmm. So, yeah, there you go. We're, we're learning a lot that... Um, Claudia Black has done an amazing job improvising a bunch of stuff. She knows her character. Yeah. Apparently. Well, she took and, this job seriously. Yeah, and, and it shows because she does an awesome job. And yeah. I also, I, I love that the rain, in this next scene, the rain becomes actually a kind of relevant. It sets mm-hmm. the tone of the next scene. Yeah, it really does. Which is awesome that it wasn't, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of funny that it wasn't planned. It's like it was raining when they shot the previous scene, and so the director was like, "Why don't we just go with that?" And yeah, it, I and mean it, that's and that's makes, often how your best scenes develop: things that just pop up and you just run with. And we'll talk about why, but it really makes this next scene really effective mm-hmm. uh, because the next scene is they're in basically a little apartment where John and his dad used to come when they would visit Australia, and Aaron and John are kind of. They sat down and, well, okay. They're drinking beer. They're drinking it's beer, yeah. The response was, should Erin be doing that? Because we don't know what that would do to her. But uh, she takes a sip of it. She actually quite likes it. <laughs> Which, was... I'm calling bullshit. Nobody ever, nobody apparently likes their uh, first beer, I've been I, told. Whatever. It's... I, I never like my second or my third either, but. <laughs> She's an alien. Yeah, fine. Quit it. <laughs> and actually, John's kind of staring out the window as it's raining. And they're very kind of quiet, like, thoughtful, like, I'm sorry 
for getting you stuck here and stuck on Moya and looking out the window and it's and then Aaron says to him it's like I'm so I'm I was wrong are you or you were right earth actually is very beautiful yeah and I like that as he says I'm sorry because uh, if it weren't for me you would still be a happy little peacekeeper subjugating all the lesser races <laughs> and she says there's a lot I have to blame you for she doesn't finish that sentence but I'm pretty sure there's a but after that yeah it's a but. It's worth it, I think, is the subtext. Definitely. I thought the subtext was going to be, but not being a peacekeeper anymore wasn't one of them. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's okay, what I yeah. think it was going for. Yeah, like a lot of other things. Yes, she has to blame him, but that might not have been the thing. Mm. She hates him. Uh, she blames on him. Yeah, and yeah, and she also says that they'll have to kill her to capture her. Now she's not going back. No. And John, you know, understands. He he knows. And he rests his head on her shoulder and sort of slowly works his way up his neck and then and then they kiss and it's actually quite a tender moment. Yeah. And the reason I say that the rain makes it better is because in this scene, when they go to kiss and you know, they stop talking, there's no background music, there's no nothing, there's just the sound of the rain. Which is perfect. It's the perfect way to do that scene. I loved that scene so much as like the rain just like the that everyone knows that sound, right? The r- rain outside mm-hmm. when you're inside. Yes. And that's all you hear in that scene when they kiss, and that's so I mean, good. It's, it's the perfect combination of somberness and beauty. Yeah, bingo, you got it. And and then to find out that you know that was seems to be Ro- director Rowan Woods just going with the fact that the previous scene was it was raining when it wasn't supposed to be. That's just, makes for a good director. Yeah. And so, yeah, and we cut to the next morning where Erin yeah. uh, is studying some maps. She's dressed in like a, I think it's clearly like either John or his dad's clothes with like yeah, a loose, too big for her. loose shirt and like a big jacket. And John's in bed. It's like five more minutes. Uh. <laughs> I like that. He wakes up. Uh, she's like, she's already been working out a plan, finding a spot uh, that's away from uh, civilization centers to hide. Yeah. And he's like... Aaron about last night and Aaron's like yeah it's fine John I'm like oh bird only fine oh well, I, th- John. I mean what she means is like yeah no it, we'll worry about that later like not, <laughs> not know, right now I, not right Aaron, now don't ruin this for me <laughs> <laughs> but he's like no come on let's talk she's like no right now we need to strategize and get the F out of here yeah and John's like yeah okay you're right yeah yeah we can worry about all the other stuff when we're safe <laughs> <laughs> we both know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, okay, well, you're not going anywhere dressed like that because you're going to stand out. And so, Especially because it doesn't fit. So uh, he makes her put on a dress. Which I expect is the first and the last time we'll see Aaron in a dress. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> also, point of note, like this is somewhere John and his dad used to come. Yeah. When yeah, did they get a dress? That fit her perfectly. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Fit her perfectly is obviously Hollywood. It's more the where the hell did you get the dress? Don't worry. The only about thing it. I can imagine is that he went out and bought one. Yeah, he might have done. It, it does. It does sort of cut a bit. Like it. It, it does skip ahead. So that's entirely yeah. possible. Either that, or it was, or it was his mom, which is. Oh, that's true. Weird. I don't know. I mean, uh, that's not that weird, actually. Uh, and what I like is that Aaron is clearly very uncomfortable in the dress, like looking <laughs> down and like she's like. 
moving a bit because it's more restrictive and he's like, are you sure about this? <laughs> I have to wear <laughs> you this. You look fine. <laughs> uh, but then, but then Jack turns up, well, John's dad turns up mm-hmm. and uh, knocks on the door and Aaron's like, right, gun out. Yeah. Oh no, he's got soldiers, don't open up, don't open up. Like, she doesn't trust him, obviously John does uh, entirely. And she's like, he's like, he's trying to convince her that it's fine. You don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> he opens the door, and it is just, just Jack there. There's no one else. Yeah. Aaron keeps pointing the gun at him, though. Obviously. Yeah. I like that his dad asks, like, is she ever gonna put that gun down? And Aaron just gives her a look, like, no. <laughs> yeah, because well, that's the thing. Like, the thing with the translator microbes is that no one else can understand them, but Aaron can understand what he's saying. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it's very funny from Jack's perspective seeing them talk because John's just talking English because Aaron can understand him. Yeah. But John's the only person that can understand Aaron back. <laughs> yep. And so Jack is kind of has bad news. Really, it's like he talked to everyone uh, he knows, but no one's going to help them. They're on their own. Nope. And Dargo's on his way to a military warehouse in I think Utah. Or somewhere else, yeah, somewhere very far uh, away. I don't know. So, somewhere they aren't right now. Yeah, and the official word is the you and the aliens. You never existed. Didn't happen. And you have to get out of town. And I'll cover for you. And John's like, no, 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 no. That's a bad idea because you don't have to get mixed up in this. He, his dad's like, no, no, no. I'm doing this. Like I don't matter in the scheme of this. Yeah, Which... it's all like we said. He's prepared to give up everything to protect his son. Yeah. I'm, imp- I'm impressed. And John's like, okay, we'll contact you once. And his dad's like, no. No, 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 no. You're not contacting me. Because they'll make me tell you. Tell. Yeah. If I know where you are. The, yeah. So, the, the, less, the less I know, the better. Yeah. At least. And I like how he says this. At least now I get the chance to say goodbye. Yeah. And they do. And says goodbye, son. Goodbye, dad. And uh, as they're leaving, Aaron says something to him. Which, actually, we don't get that subtitled. No, I, we, could, I also I, that's the part I reversed gibberish. Like we said, it's not an actual thing. I, I was hoping I could figure out what she said there. Um, and uh, John doesn't, you know, relate what it was. We don't know what it is. And but from the body language, I think she's telling him, "Okay, you, you're not as bad as I thought you were." That's yeah. the gist of it, I think. And uh, then he says, "Thank you, Aronson." He pronounces that. Perfectly the first time, which I'm quite impressed with. Yeah, which she seems to, like, be weirded out a little bit by. Like, the thing that weirded me out was that he got it uh, right the first time. But on the other hand, that mm. makes sense because movie magic. There's I, no fun in somebody stumbling on somebody else's name. I guess so. And I, th- I think there's maybe something in that sentence, just as there's, as, like, having a human... Thank you for something. That's not something she's used to. Possibly, yeah. I think that's it's something in that realm. Like yeah, something my, like that. Someone I just thought was my enemy just thanked me. That's that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. And then so Aaron and John are now you know they're making their way out. They're walking down the street, and things start to come apart a little. Because... Yeah, because he recognizes someone. The woman he saw at the beach at the start of the episode. Yep, she's back again. Yeah, and he's like, I know her. We used to be in fifth grade for like a few weeks. Yeah. I'm like, how, how do you know that was her if it's fifth grade? She looks a lot older, and but then, fine. 
then he, there's a man at the newsstand and at the newsstand all the magazines are seven months old yeah like wait what this is when the penny starts to drop like oh something else is going on yes and the man at the newsstand is also someone john recognizes he used he's to write... actually in the uh earlier in the episode on the beach yeah he's one of the people there's a brief shot of him i liked and i thought it was to signify that that person is one of the people watching them no that person is going to be relevant later in the episode and he says actually i used to know you from years ago you i used to ride my bike past your house in fifth grade yeah and, and i know and he starts looking around and he recognizes everybody literally everyone is someone that he knows and to a greater or lesser extent yeah that he recognizes that uh, he and remembers rightfully freaking out yeah he's he's losing it and he in fact pulls a gun and actually pulls a gun on Erin because he assumes that she's also part of this because obviously he, he, she's someone from his yeah, memory. Yeah, he's someone he, rem he, he remembers. And every place he's been to so far is somewhere that he remembers from his past. Yeah, he's already been at. So he goes into a pool bar and it's just the way he remembers it. There's all people in there he recognizes. He but, knows everyone and I there like too. this, he's like... But you're not supposed to be here, because this is Australia. Yeah. I recognize you people from America, a lot of them. He's like, the context isn't right. Yeah, and... He kicks open the bathroom. I love this, I'm like, sorry. I've re there's three... <laughs> I love where this goes, because he... There's like three people watching, and they're, they're just in a toilet. Yep, exactly like I remember it. And he walks out. He's about to leave, and he's like... And he's like, wait a minute. But I've never been in there. Turns to the women's bathroom, kicks open the door, and there's like... Orange energy or something behind it's it. It's nothingness is the best way to describe this. Like, like, nothing there beyond the first few steps of the door. I love that he's like, where have I never been before? The ladies' room. <laughs> I mean, it's silly, but it makes total sense. It works. That is the one place that is completely integral to that location that he's never been at. That's a door that has to be there, because otherwise it makes no sense. So, alright, so this is all some kind of simulation or yes. or something. Yeah, do we want to start at this point, or do we want to wait until the whole penny drops for unraveling all the pieces? Uh, well, I mean, it, it pretty much starts out pretty quick from that, because uh, what he does is he heads back to the uh, military base once he realizes that behind the ladies' room door is just orange nothingness. Yeah. And he goes back there and actually meets up with his dad in air No, I, there's a better scene before this, because he walks up to the military base oh, and yeah. Wilson's are like, holding a gun, stop! And well, he's like, Wilson, one, you're not the real Wilson, two, you're not going to stop me, three, I know you're not the guy in charge. Yep. And he just walks past him, and Wilson just like, yeah, shit, the gig's up. Yep, and that's when he goes in to meet his dad quotes air heavy air quotes who is just sitting on a chair in a big open space mm -hmm. and he goes up to him and just starts talking he opens to the question i had as well who are you really he's, and he's like i'm not your father and he's like right okay now that he's figured it out they're not gonna you know try and string him along anymore no and we find out that rigel is still alive and dargo is still here they're they're in the same cell which for some reason is here but they are both still alive. And actually, they've been treating him pretty well, because apparently they've been giving him a uh, Hynerian delicacy. Yeah, I mean, it's either an actual Hynerian delicacy or something that's close enough. It's a bowl of snails. 
Yeah, I was <laughs> kind of glad I was eating and those snails looked incredibly fake. Because otherwise, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's the other thing. We find out that, yeah, no, not everyone in there was fake. Aaron, Dargo, and Rigel were all really yes. there. Because they went to go check out the wormhole, so we brought them in to the... They were like, well, if, is... it's almost like the scene with the, with the rain. Well, if they're here any well, we'll just roll with it. We'll integrate them into the simulation. Yeah, basically. And uh, Rigel's, yeah, Rigel's fine, he's not dead. I mean, which we knew was coming because, you know, we have... Look, four I was trying to sell months. it as heavily as I could. <laughs> we may have overdone it a bit. <laughs> which is even funnier, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... So, uh, before we go to who these people really are, let's go back and look at a few points that were hinting at the fact that this wasn't actually uh, real. Because I made special notes on those. Alright, let's do it. First of all, the tech guy that he recognized, that scene was a little bit out of place. Like, hey, yeah. I know you, didn't we, uh, where do we know you from? Oh yeah, we worked on that. That was the first hint. Yep. Which, I mean, if you knew what was coming, it's a clear hint, otherwise not. The fact that they showed him, uh, they showed John Rigel's corpse, which also gets brought up, yeah. uh, actually in this scene, because it makes no sense that they would show Rigel's corpse right away, specifically call him to look at that. Like, they would have been hiding that as long as they could. Yeah, oh, that's true, actually. Like and... they could have even told him that he's dead, stitch him up, and then I'll show him completely dissected. Yeah, but the reason that they did that, the the aliens who did this. It's because they needed a human reaction, they say. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But uh, everything had to be thoroughly convincing, but the, this was the best they could do because they could only pull from John's memories. Yes, they could. that's why all the magazines were seven months old. They couldn't think up anything new. No. Which sounds stupid, but because we're thinking up a lot of new scenarios, you'd think they could have mimicked other news. They could have, I mean... It could have come close and been just kind of an odd sort of gibberish, kind of like a lorem ipsum of uh, stuff, which you probably yeah. would have figured out as, at this, as well. Yeah. yeah, okay, but I mean, going with seven-month-old magazines, like, yeah, I would have at least gone with 12-old month and just slapped a new year on, on it. He wouldn't have noticed, probably. Yeah. Also, actually, thinking about things that were kind of a clue, the very first thing is, like, possibly that he recognizes that this is Australia. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, no, I recognize this. This is Australia. Yeah, the fact that he knew where he crashed landed. It, yeah. This is Australia, right? Yeah. Also, the fact that um, his dad got Aaron's son right the first time. Yeah, I mean, by that point, and the fact that, that his dad uh, actually responded to Aaron as if he understood her. Like, I mean, that's when the penny starts to drop. That's when it's like, uh, uh, a I, little bit. I, that, wasn't, that wasn't the scene that dropped the penny, because he could have been like, thank you, Aaron Sun. Wait, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Because if she said, thank you, uh, you're not as bad as I thought you were, and he said, thank you, Aaron Sun, not, thank you for... Uh, I read that line as being, thank you for protecting my son, Aaron Sun. Yeah. But the way you could also interpret that, that is thank you for the compliment, Aaron Soon. The, the way it seems to be presented is like a direct response to what she actually said. Yep, the second one. Exactly. So it's like, wait a minute. And yeah. then, that's, then that leads into very quickly the reveal of what's been actually happening. So Yeah. So let's get back on track. Sorry for that. That's okay. Rethreading. Um, so yeah, but yeah, John had to believe everything. We had to draw from your memories. 
He said, I like that his uh, fake dad actually says, uh, well, you figured it out a lot faster than most species. Like, yes, score on for the humans. <laughs> but John is still very upset at this. It's like, you pretended to be my dad. And he shoves him. Mm-hmm. And actually kind of tears a bit off the front of his chest. Dad. <laughs> yeah, which is like weird uh, flesh underneath that's kind of not human and is orangey red kind of colour. It's weird. And there's two big holes in his chest, basically. <laughs> so it's like, oh, 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 okay. Um, yeah. Who are you lot then? And say, like, okay, let me... Sh- let me show you who we are. And it actually explains like what those aliens are up to. Yeah, he opens a door, goes through a hallway, and we find what looks like, I mean, breeding pods in a way. Yeah. They're like three-pronged flowers upside down. Yep, that's what they are. And, and three-petaled flowers. And so here's the lowdown. Here's what's been going on. Like, yeah. These aliens who are called ancients, I think... I think he the only way they're called <laughs> ancients is in the uh, description on the DVD. Actually, no. He does say, like, the ancients, the ancients ha- have a story. Have a story. For, uh, have a story about a planet that will accept us. I, yeah, there you go. I read that as um, the older ones, as in the people of my race that are ancient. Well, as, as far as we're concerned, they're called the ancients anyway. Fine. But um, he says that they're looking for a place to settle down. Uh, and John says to take over. He's like, no, we want to live in harmony with people. Yeah, and we're, yeah, and we're looking for a planet that would be amenable to something like that. And so we went through your mind to see if Earth could do that. And yeah, no, no, it, it can't. <laughs> Which, okay, this is where I'm calling B, uh, BS on this whole operation. Why did they have to put John through this? Because they said they needed a human reaction. To what? Rigel being dead? Well, that was apparently wasn't enough for them to mark Earth as possible. They went through his memory. They saw a, mil- a thousand, uh, a million Wilsons, and were like, "Okay, we're not going here." So at that point, you you were done, right? You didn't have to put John through anything else. You can just go, "Let's look at your memory." Yep. No. Okay. Be on your merry way. What they might want have wanted to have tested was to see if everyone was like that, or to see if yeah. You but know, in that, I mean, I in that case, they would have been like, "Okay, let's put it on the maybe list." Which they also don't do. No. That so, would have yeah. been fine if they were like, okay, We'd... some humans would accept us, some not, so it's better than a lot of other things we see, so it goes on the maybe list for in case of emergencies. Yeah. Because John also asks, why couldn't you have just gone to Earth and found it for yourself? And they only have enough energy left for one wormhole trip of that distance. Yeah, so they want to make sure before they do that. So... I can see why they would be like, okay, no, we only we only get one shot at this. We want to be sure about this. Yeah. And actually say, like, you're just confirming that the highest life form is the most destructive as well, which, you know, is not inaccurate no. <laughs> when it comes to humans. <coughs> um, and actually, to the alien's credit, he says, I'm sorry I had to take the form of your dad. You know, But it was the best spy. Yeah. And, by the way, throughout this conversation, there's some interesting camera work because it's kind of panning around and rotating around both of them and fading to black as it cuts between... Yeah, because the lights are apparently dimming and... Coming back uh, on again. But coming back some, on again. There's just some interesting fades in while that conversation happens. And there are images projected up kind of above John's head of, like, his childhood and his older memories and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of like a... It is a bit of a 
I guess, ephemeral kind of feeling of like, a little bit dreamlike, maybe. Yeah. Because they're in, at this point, we know that they're inside his head. Um, uh, are they inside his head? I think they're more in. Well, something... they're, take, they're taking things outside, out of his head. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's more in yeah. the in the direction of a hollow, uh, hollow deck. Yeah, I guess so. And so we'll keep looking for a home. And so John says, so will I. <laughs> so, yeah, like, what will you do now? We'll just keep doing what, what we were doing before, even before I was hatched. And also, he uh, shows, the alien shows his true form. Yeah, which is um, a kind of spindly, almost somewhere between, sort of insectoid, but looking a little bit fleshier. But yeah. it has very spindly legs and limbs. And it's actually a puppet. It's a it's a Jim Henson mm. creation in the close up. We don't see like a full body shot. No, but we don't. Well, have to. we kind of do, but it's in a reflection, and that's clearly CG. Yeah. And then it actually talks to John in a close up where you can see mandibles moving. It has like glowing eyes, and it's it's gorgeous. Effective. Yeah. Actually, the aliens that I find <clears throat> prettier are the older ones, the ones that are suspended from the pots. Yeah. Faces are. Gorgeous. Yeah, you can kind of see them through the membrane, and they have this outline of a face, and their eyes look like uh, Tesla balls, actually. Yeah, and the way their eyelids close and the shape of their face, they remind me of a species from Lilo and Stitch. Oh. The television series. There's a woman that is, at some point, shows up. I think it's at the start of the series. That, that is one of the keepers of uh, oh. prison Stitch broke out of. Okay. <laughs> These aliens remind me a lot of her face-wise. Right. Well, there you go. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's revealed himself and is saying, you know, good luck with your search, you know, good luck with your and all that stuff. Maybe we'll meet again one day. And actually, the ancient gives back John's dad's uh, lucky ring. Yeah. And he gives it back on a little arm. on a little tiny arm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, thanks. And like, here, this is this isn't mine. This is yours. Take it back. And so they depart, and John goes back through the door, which now opens onto uh, open water or like some waves breaking or something. Yeah, and that's know. where that's where the episode ends. Yeah, that's where the episode ends. I was a little bit like, wait, how do they? Where were they keeping? We don't them? need to know. Okay, that's not relevant. They go back to the ship. I, mean, <laughs> I know. It's, they already said that they're not that far from Moya, yeah. so they didn't need to know anything more than that. All right. Well, there you go. That's where the episode ends. So that's the end of a human reaction. What? Yeah, so, elephant in the room. Aside from that scene with Eren, which was the real Eren, nothing that actually happened was relevant. Because nothing actually happened. No, but what it did do was move along Eren and John's relationship yes. hugely. And, it, was... and okay. it solidified, at the beginning, at the very start, it really solidified the fact that John and the rest of the crew are all close friends now. That is true. Which has not been explicitly stated before because they've been angry with him, fed up with him and all that. But at the beginning, it's like, no, they do really care for him and that he cares for them. And it's hard to say goodbye to them, even though he wants to go home. True. But it was still all a dream. Sort of. I mean, everyone else, everyone who was there it did experience stuff. It wasn't just John having a dream. If no, it had all true. been a dream and all the stuff with Aaron hadn't mattered, I would have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it was it was one of the things that I'm like, this is all very interesting but aside from the things with Aaron and this, the part at the start nothing really happened. Yeah. I, mean, and also, I don't know what it is but this episode just didn't strike a chord with me. I really liked, like, Aaron and John together. Oh, definitely. That that was the highlight of the episode. Totally. 
And yeah, the the alien bit about you know we were testing you. It kind of because it happens right at the end of the episode. It kind of is kind of there and then gone again very quickly. I mean, it's it's like a lot of the things that happen in this episode get negated at the end, which is kind of sad. Yeah, but it it really did develop relationships, which is that is true, which is a good thing. And this is actually apparently this is one of the cast and crew's. Uh, most favorite from this se- season because oh. because of how it av- because of how it advances the characters, oh. you know. Because I was going at four, three out of five. Mm. I mean, stick stick with that. I mean, don't let that sway you. I would have. I would probably rate it a bit higher. I would probably go for a, a four. Yeah, I can't. I I gotta stick with a three out of five. All right, fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. But yeah, I I would go. I would go a little bit higher. But three, three, four. They're not that far apart. <laughs> no. Okay, so you're going for four. I'm going for three. That's fair. We can meet in the middle and say that makes the average, I guess, three and a half. But yeah, probably. whatever. <laughs> That's probably about right. But the, pro- oh, the problem is at this point, I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm doing it because I really think it's a three. I'm just trying to rebel against Farscape World. At this point. <laughs> well, overall, though, it was still a good episode. Yeah. No. That's that's it's it's definitely not a two. Oh no. It's a no, high no. three. It's at, a good at episode. At least. It, yeah, and like we said, we didn't see Zan or much from Chiana, so we haven't developed that, but we will Fine. certainly be seeing more of them uh, coming up. So, yeah, and I think part of the reason I'm so impressed with this episode is because it's largely down to Claudia Black and how much of her own influence is in this yeah. with the Sebastian language and the improvised uh, rain scene and how that how that affected the rest of the episode, which was so good like it made that following scene if that following scene with Aaron and John in the little apartment had just been with the sunshine it would have been fine but it just the rain it adds been as strong yeah the rain adds something extra to it when mm-hmm. when they just go to kiss and you hear nothing but the rain outside mm-hmm. it's so good and i really like that so that's probably why i'm rating it a bit higher but there you go yeah I can't have an episode stand on only one scene, sadly. Fair enough. That's totally fine. Well, so there we go. That's what we thought of uh, episode 16, A Human Reaction. And yeah. Like I said, like we may differ on certain parts, but overall, pretty good. Yeah, still a good episode. Yeah. And anything that advances character relationships is good in my book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that'll be it from us this week, and we'll be back next week with the next episode, which is... Episode 17, Through the Looking Glass. And this one looks like it's going to be a weird one. Let me read you the synopsis here. Moya performs an emergency starburst that fragments her into four different dimensions. I remember this, reading this synopsis. And as the brief part. Like, hmm. And John attempts to find crew members missing in each dimension. And there's an energy creature and all. This sounds like it's going to be a weird one. It sounds like my kind of episode, strangely enough. That'll be what we're discussing next week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Carmel Hats, Red is at Vidalkin and Tree. Yes. And previous episodes are up on uh, YouTube.com slash Hats. And this podcast is supported by the generous uh, support. Yes, support. Talk, supported by the generous support. It's a tautology, but who cares? Um, <laughs> of the Can't Wear Hats Patreon, all the uh, awesome people who are generous enough to support that. 
there, and uh, it's brought to you by you, as we always say at the end of this episode. Yes, you and, can find Count War Hats' Patreon on Patreon, looking for Count War Hats. I mean, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> and just... that supports this podcast and my other projects, so go check that out if you haven't, and thank you to everyone who does support this. That is awesome. And, yeah, we'll see you next time. Right? Right? Probably. <laughs> Unless this has all been a dream. <laughs> no, all right. no, 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 no. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Red, I, I have something to tell you. What? This is over the simulation. Red, I have I have something to tell you. You. <laughs> it's like, come on, you have, you have a line. Red, I have something to tell you. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna work. Red, I have something to tell you. Well, what is it? This has all been a simulation. Well, that's kind of awkward, because, oh. uh... I've been also... Simulating your life. Oh, um, th- this is awkward. Um, do you, do you want to go get coffee? Um, sure. Why not?